Welcome to the Zeal Interestings podcast, where we discuss an interesting article or link from the week. I'm your host, Chris White. My co-host this week is Kevin Crane. Welcome back to the podcast, Kevin. Well, thanks, Chris. So we talked a couple weeks ago about Screen Hero dying. And as of uh, this recording, December 5th, yesterday, Screen Hero is dead. Yes. It, uh, we, we were, so some of us were actually on it and it was killed right in the middle of our session. So it died over my lunch. So in the morning, I was pairing with an individual. When I came back, I was like, oh, we, we can't use Screen Hero for this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that happened. Oh, well. Say lovey. Say lovey. So, Rip Screen Hero, thanks for the good times. But we're working on moving on, right? Yes. Uh, you in particular have been spending a ton of time evaluating with some of our fellow Zeals alternatives. Yeah, I've been kind of hot footing it around, trying to figure out some different solutions. I could say I'm not an expert, but I have some opinions at this point. <laughs> yeah, we've got some contenders, but maybe before we dive into like the pros and cons of those, maybe we should restate like why we need these tools and what some of the differences between tools are and what, what, what the purpose is when we use them. Uh, yeah, so pretty much... What we do here at Zeal is we're a consultancy and we do a lot of XP type development, which includes pair programming. And what we, you know, along with that includes tools because most of us are remote. So we're not sitting side by side. And we're also pairing with, um, individuals that are not within our company. Right. So that's going to be remote most of the time unless we end up traveling, you know, to a, a client site. And th- there's lots of things that come out of that. So we're dealing with different code bases, different editors, different environments that our clients are using. Maybe we're even pairing with some open source people working on open source software as well. There's lots of different needs that come out of our environment that we're working in. Right. There's very little homogeneity to our setup, right? Like a lot of companies will issue you a laptop with your setup already completely done. Right. And we just bounce right into different situations with lots of different setups for how you edit and test your code. Right. So we tend to use remote sharing and remote control tools. What do, what do we look for in those tools? And why was Screen Hero like the best at that? Screen Hero was great because it solved many of the big ticket items for us. So some of the big ticket items are dual control where you have you know, multiple pointers or even multiple prompts in, a, in an editor, being able to control one environment that we're both working on. One code base, actually, if you want to get to the nitty gritty of it. One one code base that we can both look at and edit and then review as we go, like debug and test and preview. Uh, we want it to do it with minimal lag, again, across like different organizations with possibilities of like someone that isn't using pairing tools being able to come and pair with us. Um, so like some kind of guest support and then making sure the security of the code and connection communication between everyone involved is secure. And then some of the other ones, those are like the core set of what we need. And there's some nice things outside of that. If it could support more than two people at a time is great. When we need to pull in a third, that might be some domain expert. Making sure we have full keyboard support where we could you know, use command tab to tab, tab around the different yeah. applications that we're using. On right. Whoever's it's really weird work. when you're remotely controlling someone's computer and you can't 
command tab between windows it's very jarring when everything else works especially when you're used to it being able to do that is very frustrating yep and then on top of that like being able to copy and paste between systems so like if i have something i was researching on my system but i want to show the other person i'd be able to copy from my system like a url or something posted in theirs that was some niceties being able to know when someone's either in an editor or switching off to a browser so like that context awareness so i know okay i'm i'm writing this piece of code now but now i've switched to like go test it out real quick or go preview it and then some other things that would be even great is audio video support which we didn't really have under uh screen hero yep we have audio of course but not not video we can't like see the person right yeah we found that to be helpful when we've tried it yeah, and making it so the editor slash IDE that we're using it could be agnostic. So uh, that's something we didn't have under Screen Hero either. Is someone's using Atom, the other person's using Atom, whatever it is on that one system. Oh, so in other words, you can't choose your own editor and editor configuration with a purely like screen sharing, screen remote control tool. Correct. Right. Interesting. And then, of course, the the biggest thing is if there's a cost involved, kind of what that cost is and who absorbs that cost in this kind of client relationship. Definitely, definitely. When when you're pairing with a remote client, it's always kind of an awkward conversation about who provides the tools, right? Yeah. And with Screen Hero, there was never a problem because it was free for everybody and it was open to everyone as well. It was. I mean, there, it definitely shut down for a little while there where we were having to invite people because we were already established, but there wasn't like this, it wasn't open once they like Slack took it over. Yeah, I guess that if there's any criticism with how Slack, well, I mean, you know, there, there might be many, more than one thing that we'd point out with how Slack handled the shutdown of Screen Hero, but the prolonged wind down over, you know, they acquired Screen Hero more than a year ago, right? Yeah. It got us used to entirely free. Uh, no barrier screen sharing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anything that stacked up against that is is a tricky proposition, right? It it is a tricky proposition, and you know, not to mention like there was this long wind down, and then there was a very abrupt end. Right. Uh, so let's let's talk about Slack. It seems like you know Slack acquired Screen Hero, and then they rewrote the Slack desktop client to be a hundred percent as good as Screen Hero. Yeah, and actually, I want to jump back to the the wind down because of that. The way they announced it, that you know Slack Screen Hero is going away. There was a lot of people that came out of the woodwork uh, during those month and a half time frame. All of a sudden, people like had these solutions that they were like banking on. Not all of them were ready, but there was a lot of discussion that was starting to happen. There were a lot of announcements. Yes, there were a lot of announcements. Some of the big ones were visit. Visual Studio Code Live Share, uh, which was very interesting from uh, Microsoft. Cloud uh, Nine, which Amazon bought. They uh, Amazon announced their AWS version of Cloud Nine. Yeah, I was a Cloud Nine user back in the day. It was a very helpful tool for like teaching a class. Right, just uh, everyone sign up for an account, and you don't have to fix people's laptops. Right. I mean, it was cool. There's another one uh, used together that came out, um, which is mm-hmm. they didn't have a Mac version, but they announced a, like a Mac Alpha version that we got to test. So, yeah, it was very interesting that time frame that all of a sudden all these things started coming out of the woodwork. So, some classic newsjacking efforts from all these orgs. Yeah, just I mean taking advantage of a, a, a lull in the market, right? That this this closing of Screen Hero caused. Yeah, and I guess that before Screen Hero was shut down. It would be hard to compete with it, right? Because uh, you know, Screen Hero was being propped up by Slack and continued to operate with no charge or no way of you know. Screen Hero was providing a service and providing servers that made it 
work well and and no one was paying for it but slack and so it's hard to compete with that so maybe it was waiting for slack to go away to actually launch a a viable competitor yeah true i mean it's i I can't blame slack for what they they're doing i completely understand it's can't just like absorb that cost all the time unless you're like google and have this one source of revenue and and you can do a whole bunch of other stuff because of it um sure i I understand the need to kind of monetize and and move on right yeah did you hear that your face will now be ads in Google Hangouts. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> awesome. That would be cool, though. Yeah. All of a sudden, your face ends up on the side of a billboard, or or your face is a billboard during the screen share. Oh, like with little like emblems on them. Yeah, like oh, emblems man. on your head and face and stuff. <laughs> that would be a cool way to monetize Google Hangouts. Uh, We're available for consulting. You get to pre-approve certain things. You know, I'm okay with like. Dog donations and stuff weird, whatever. Anyways, we're completely on a tangent now. <laughs> definitely, definitely. What one thing you know, talking about the competitive landscape and how Slack works. One thing that I didn't necessarily like is that Slack is being promoted as a replacement for Screen Hero, but you really have to be in the same Slack org, the same paid Slack org as the other person to make this work. Like you couldn't independently pay for this service. And just connect to each other like you could with Screen Hero, right? Right. That's actually one of the things. Like we have a whole bunch of Slack accounts, right? For all the different clients. Clients have their own Slack accounts. We have our own Slack account where you know we're, we're paying for ours. But for instance, uh, there's one client that has a free Slack account, and he um, that that client that that company uh, hasn't paid for it because th- there wasn't really. A, a drive to do it, right? I mean, maybe this is motivation for him to do it, but as it stood when you know they were talking about shutting down Screen Hero, the the, the state of Slack's you know screen sharing collaboration tool was not there. So it all it did was kind of upset people. Definitely, when they made they made that announcement that they were shutting down Screen Hero, probably a couple months ago now. Mm-hmm. It seems like Slack has made progress with their remote control screen sharing setup. Where where is it today? Which it's funny. It it I, I tested it. You know, like I was saying, I was using Slack uh, Monday morning. I was actually using Screen Hero, and I tested Screen Hero and Slack that Monday. Yes, uh, that Monday morning that they were shut it down, and Slack was still laggy, choppy, hard to use. I switched back to Screen Hero. Everything was great, and then right after they shut everything down, went into Slack and tested that out. And lo and behold, it was much better. So I don't know if there was some reliance there on shutting down those servers. It seems very odd to me <laughs> that there would be. Yeah, or just coincidentally, or maybe maybe you had got a new Slack client or something like that, and it, and it was working better. I don't. I mean, I didn't see any downloads. Maybe it happened in the background. It's possible, but. I don't know. It was very, it was very odd. So if, if Screen Hero was maybe a 9 or a 10 on that scale, where would you put Slack's solution on that scale now, if I were to put you on the spot? So putting me on the spot, I, I would say it's probably a 7 or 8, but that is as of Screen Hero being shut down. Before that, I would have put it like at a, a 4 or 5. Yeah. So to me, it's now in the usable range of I don't, don't, if I don't want to, I don't have to go find something else. I found uh, I was using it yesterday afternoon, and I found that it was acceptable for watching my pair work on his computer. But what you know, it, it seemed like there was still some latency issues. Really, we also ran into a bug where the remote 
control mouse cursor stopped just stopped working and we both had to restart slack to get it working to be fair screen hero had its issues where you would have to restart it sure sure so that that's not not ideal we definitely have rose colored glasses screen hero <laughs> definitely gave us you know issues throughout its life cycle yes there, there's no doubt about it i would actually say that i had a, a better experience i i would say that I could actually work on the remote person's machine. You could tell there was it was a little bit slower than Screen Hero, but not so much much drastic difference as compared to what what is before. So it, to me, it was usable as a actual remote pair switching out who's driving. That's that's good to hear. It seems like there's a, a bright future in Slack screen sharing. Hopefully, they continue to improve it. Yeah. In the meantime, you've been doing a tons of experiments with other ZLs on other solutions. What are some of the more interesting ones that you? that you saw? Yeah, I probably tested, I don't know. It looks like you've tested well over a dozen. Well over a dozen, yes. Well over a dozen different things. And the different categories, right? Like some of them are purely screen sharing and others are a little different, right? Yeah, I kind of broke them down into like, there's screen show, which that I would put like appear in and Google Hangouts and that kind of situation where I'm just going to show you something from my screen. There is screen control, it's almost like um, back in my sysadmin days when I had to administer remote systems that no one was sitting at. Right. I would use some kind of screen control where I would log into that system, see the desktop, and then control that system. Like a VNC kind of solution. Yeah, like VNC, that kind of thing. The downfall of each of those, obviously the screen show, you're really just viewing something. You can't. There is no interaction there. The screen control, only one person is able to really do anything at a time. It's really frustrating if the other person starts to do something because they usually share the mouse. Right, your mouse randomly starts jerking in the wrong direction. Right, and it like resets to like certain places depending on what screen sharing app you're using. So those screen control ones would be like VNC, uh, team viewers like that. I think join me's like that. I, I, I tried all those. They all fall under the same kind of bucket of, man, this just is going to make me mad trying to use this with someone else. And it's, I'm not getting mad at the other person. I'm just getting frustrated at the tool. It turns out that the multiple cursor feature, while it doesn't sound like a huge feature, it's actually a pretty big deal. It's Yeah, it's a huge deal for pair programming, for, for at least in the way we like to work, where you know we're, we're ba- either bouncing back and forth or switching out who's driving. With Screen Hero, you could you know not only do that switch out of who's driving, but you could also bounce between systems fairly easily. Yep. So like someone would hit a commit point, commit their code up, the other person would drop, drop, uh, pull it down, and then switch over, and you'd start driving into the person's system. So that was actually another nice idea of, of Screen Hero. Yeah. So a lot of those things like Zoom, we, we love Zoom for AV, but f- for doing interactive thing, it's more like screen control, um, one, one mouse, laggy, that kind of issues. Yep, which is interesting to me since in my mind, Zoom is associated with the best video conferencing quality for many participants. So it's interesting that their screen, their, their remote screen system is so laggy. Yeah, it definitely puts a priority on the AV quality, I think, and that's probably why mm-hmm. the screen control is lacking. As I'll get to in a second, we still use Zoom for for many other reasons. We we got a trial for a new service called Use Together. What was your experience on that? That was a really interesting one. So it's I think it's a, a Windows based uh, solution, and they they like released an alpha, like I said before, during this kind of window of Screen Hero, and uh, we got to try it. It was actually it looks pretty promising. What it is is you know something uh, the host installs on their local. And then they put out a URL, and then you actually hit that URL via a browser and loads up their desktop in a browser. So it's very much like a peer-in, but there's full control. 
it was a little laggy, mm-hmm. but I wouldn't say any worse than um, what the new Slack is. Okay. It, it seemed very interesting, and you could easily invite more people. As soon as you invited a third person, though, it seemed it seemed to slow down quite a bit. Again, we had that same issue with Screen Hero when you invited a third person. That, that made a Screen Hero a little bit worse. This makes uh, this use together a lot worse. But again, this is alpha. Yeah. But it, it shows promise. I'm interested to see where they take it. Uh, I'm interested also that this this whole situation is running in your browser, and it's working pretty smoothly. That's awesome. Normally, I would think that you know, Screen Hero managed to achieve the quality that it did because it was a full native client on both the server and the client. But I guess that used together is kind of showing that that's not necessarily a real constraint. Right. Really interesting. That's cool. We'll keep an eye on it. Yeah. So we've got this other category where we're not doing full screen control, right? We're doing editor or code-based sharing. Can you kind of explain what that's about? Yeah, so it's the idea is you're using an editor to connect to a common system, whether that's a cloud-based server or a peer-to-peer situation where you know the code is being shared from your local system over to someone else's system. But it's, and it's happening within the editors. Um, and there's, uh, I think I've tested four of these. There was Flubits, which we mentioned in the last podcast. Mm-hmm. Flubits is basically a no-go for us because you have to basically upload all the code into this central server, and our clients aren't going to be cool with that. It'd be, I think it's a really interesting platform though for like open source or like maybe a mentoring application, a mentoring type platform. Yeah, because it's really quick and easy. It's free, and you just go and do it. I think there's there's you can pay for it, but for the open source and the public sharing, it's it's all free. That's great. You know, well, you get one repo, I should say. I see. But yeah, so there's that. There was Adam Teletype. I think Teletype came out after we recorded our last podcast, if I remember right. Man, I can't remember if it did or not. Um, it's very recent. It, it was very, very recent, yeah. So it's Adam, and then the ability to share a you know a code base peer-to-peer but there's certain caveats to that. So one, you have to use Atom, which is maybe a downfall. Right, for some people. For some people it is. Many of us use Atom, but definitely many of our clients do not. Right, so that's kind of a, a deal breaker. Um, there, and it's also like early release. So I think you're right, I think it was, it was released since we last recorded. You lose the document tree uh, on the remote system, which is painful. You're following whatever the other person's doing. So which tab they switch to, you're, you're like forced to switch to that tab. I see. There's no AV that this is where I said we're using Zoom. So in in this situation, we were using Zoom along with Teammate or Ingrok to open up ports and shells, uh, or a browser. You know, uh, like being able to hit the remote systems um, server. Okay. It, it, so in other words, the the teletype scenario is like with this tool, you can get real time real time control over an, a single file on another person's system at a time, but with your own Atom configuration. So your editors configure it the way you like, and you're viewing the one same file that they're viewing. Exactly. And it's really it's really nice for like Vim users who like the Vim mode of uh, Atom, and not the people that don't. <laughs> Yeah, there's nothing more startling for a pair. You know, I, I'm also a Vim mode user. There's nothing more startling than when someone tries to remote control your system and, and they're in Vim mode, and yeah. it's very uh, alarming yeah. for the other person. Exactly. And actually, that was the uh, a really promising start of something, and it kind of opened our eyes to well, it doesn't have to be this screen sharing idea. Maybe it could be something completely different, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it's at least interesting to test out. It'd be interesting, like in Flubits, you can. Turn off this 
what, what I basically they call follow mode. So you could like be paralleling for a little bit. And teletype, you don't really get that because you're forced to be looking at the same tab and whatnot. Yep. So that probably supports most of the use cases. But if you want to like pop something open somewhere else in the code base, that's something that I would normally have to like switch off of Screen Hero to do. Yeah. Uh, and it would be nice to be able to look at another file. Absolutely. While while the other person is working, yeah, and do a reference, do yeah. look up something essentially elsewhere in the code base. Yeah, I think teletype's an interesting thing for Adam. Yeah, so we'll keep an eye on teletype as well. And like I said earlier, Visual Studio came out with an announcement called Live Share, and it looks the same as teletype, but just with more features. Uh, it's actually not out yet, so this was just their like preview of it. But you got the whole doc tree. You could use either actually Visual Studio Code, which is their kind of lightweight editor, or their full Visual Studio. The full fat Visual Studio. Yep, the full IDE. And then you got nice things like document tree, uh, remote debugging, which looked really cool. Uh, so there's some niceties in there. Uh, we'll share a link to that in, in the show notes for this uh, for their little announcement. But uh, it, it looked very promising if, if you were okay with using, again, this being locked into Visual Studio. Cool, and then Cloud Nine was announced. Like that, that that feels like a blast from the past for me. It does. So Amazon had bought them, and they just I don't know. Just took this opportunity opportunity to announce AWS Cloud Nine, which was their solution, which is a browser based IDE, of course. So the code and the like runtime dev environment is all in the cloud, right? Right, it's all in the cloud. So I mean. Like Fluebits, okay, you're now putting the code up into the cloud. Unlike Fluebits, it's with Amazon, right? And it feels more secure. Not necessarily that it is, but it feels more secure. That's true. It's it's actually the same thing, right? You're you're uploading your your code to a third party provider, but it is Amazon. So and, and I mean we, we do the same thing with you know GitHub and right. you know Circle CI and all our CI systems and all that kind of stuff. So you're doing the same thing. It's just this is a bigger name than Fluebits, right? Yeah. And it might already be a provider that that has the code of our clients. Correct. So it's it's probably an easier sell. I really want to try it out because I was a Cloud9 user back in the day. I found that it was it was the experience was a little slow in the original version, yeah. but there's an appeal there to not have to have yeah. uh, dev environments set up on your local machine. That's absolutely appealing to me. It is. The biggest drawback I see is like it requires an AWS account, which shouldn't be a big deal, but you have to go through all this rigmarole to create an AWS account. That's true. But, you know... Might be okay. Might be okay. We'll see. So I haven't actually gotten to play with that too much. Uh, that was just announced not too long ago, and it was kind of at the end of my list. So yeah, uh, I'll be interested to see if anybody else has tested that. That'd be great, but I'll probably end up trying it at some point. Yeah, so definitely tons of solutions out there. Um, I think that Screen Hero allowed us to not have to look at anything else. And so it's been fun to look at some of these other options and, and see what's out there and what we could use. Um, what are your closing thoughts? Where, where do you sit on this issue? I'm hopeful that Slack, like I said in the, the previous episode, I, you know, I think Slack will fix things um, depending on if they deem that this is a worthy market that needs solving. I think all these announcements and everything that's been coming out and people like trying to figure out what's going on kind of proves that there is some kind of a market there, whether it's a you know fulfilling market or not, I don't know. At the very least, it seems like they've made a ton of progress since we even last talked. Right, that's what I was just about to say. They definitely have improved it, and I hope they keep improving it. But there was definitely this hiccup, and I don't know if that hiccup's going to cause some issues for them, where it allowed some other people to open their, you know, allowed us to open our eyes to other possibilities. So I'm going to be writing up reviews that I've been doing into a nice long blog post. I'll 
be posting that. That's great. Yeah, we'll include the link to that in our show notes. Yep. So that would be good. If I think if I think that's about it, that's kind of it for me. Yeah. If you if you've had any experiences with these tools or, or have any opinions about them, we'd love to hear them. We're still or or if you want to share like a, a remembrance of Screen Hero as well, that that's probably a good thing to share too. You can tweet at us at Coding Zeal. Overall, thanks for listening. It's been great to explore these options. If you want even more interestings, please sign up for our newsletter at codingzeal.com slash interestings or follow us on Twitter at Coding Zeal. Thanks everyone for listening.